Welcome to Pearl Check. I'm your host, Erica Anderson West, founder of the Epitome of Class Incorporated. It's a nonprofit organization where we focus on women becoming the best version of themselves and also finding their true purpose in Christ. The Pearl Check Podcast is a series where we will examine or check our progress as women of God during the process of refinement. Welcome back. I am really enjoying this time I have with you all each week, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. I spend a lot of time in my word and praying over each episode before I release this material because I really want God to be a part of every step that I take. Of course, if you haven't checked out our latest episode, it is available on our website, theepitomeofclass.com forward slash podcast or by searching Pearl Check on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Today's episode is entitled, What Would You Do? I know that is super vague, but as you go through this episode with me, we'll get more in-depth about what we're talking about today. I was inspired by the previous episode I had with my sister when she told me what her name meant. Have you ever looked up the meaning behind your name? Well, of course I have over the years. And my name, Erica, stands for ever-powerful, eternal ruler. Chelsea told us that her name means calm by the sea. I also put J, J J-A-Y, in my son's name because it means victorious. When most parents name their children, they put a lot of energy in the meaning of the name and what that represents for their child. Naming the children is a very big and important aspect in the Bible. There are several moments when the meaning behind the name is presented in the Bible. Earlier, we talked about Ishmael, and his name literally means, for the Lord has heard your misery, or God will hear. And then Abraham means a father of many. Emmanuel means God is with us, and God even has many names. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, Father or Abba, Most High. There are even people who become new in Christ. Abram was changed to Abraham because God promised to make him the ancestor or the father of many nations. And we see that in Genesis 17, 1 through 6. So why are names so important? Oftentimes they can represent God's promise or his message. They can also show a new beginning in one's life, foreshadowing, or even what you desire your child to become. But no matter what your parents named you, when God calls you, he will call you by name. See, God knows each of our names. He knows you. But how will you respond when he calls your name? When I think of that, I think about the story in the Bible of Samuel. In 1 Samuel 1, we see his mother Hannah was struggling with the fact that she didn't have any children. She prayed and cried out to God saying in verse 11, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction or suffering of your maidservant and will remember and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Now the high priest Eli saw Hannah praying and noticed that she was praying in her heart or in her mind. And he thought she was drunk, but she told him she was not, but that she was pouring her soul out before the Lord. Eli told her to go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you your petition. 
Hannah got up to pray early the next morning and God remembered her prayer. She gave birth to a son and named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Just a brief side note, Samuel means name of God or God has heard. So after she weaned Samuel, she took him to the house of the Lord to dedicate her son back to him as she promised. Samuel served the Lord under the guidance of Eli, the priest. The name Eli means ascended, uplift, or high priest. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, the story continues on to tell about Samuel preaching before the Lord and how he grew in stature and favor both with the Lord and with men. In chapter 3, and this is my favorite part of Samuel's journey, it is said that Samuel was laying down in the temple of the Lord when the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered and said, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. Samuel goes back to lay down, and then the Lord called Samuel again. Samuel! Samuel got up again and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. The word goes on to explain how Samuel did not know the Lord personally. The Lord called Samuel's name a third time and he stood and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. But then Eli understood that it was the Lord who called him. Eli told Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be that if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The Lord called a fourth time, and Samuel did as he was told. The Lord gave him the upcoming plans he had. It was kind of like Samuel was getting information that only few were privy to. This chapter ends telling us that Samuel grew to be a great prophet, and the Lord was with him. In my own Christian walk, The Lord would come to me through dreams and daydreams since I was nine years old. They would be so vivid, but I still didn't believe them. I mean, I was young after all. But I realized then that God doesn't only speak to those by calling them like he did Samuel, but he will oftentimes come to them in many different ways. He knows what's best. Some are great listeners, so he will call out to you. And some of us are those that need to see it to believe it or receive it. So we get dreams. And some of us, he uses people to prophesy to us. And let me be honest, I have probably experienced all three. There have been times when he spoke to me and I would be like, God, I don't want to be one of those people that are like, the Lord told me to tell you. So I would push that information to the side. I told you already about the dreams And some of those dreams would come in the signs of warnings, and some of them are his plans. I was speaking to my husband about this topic and about how God spoke to him throughout his life. And he explained how some of his dreams were also warnings. And they were like God telling him to stay away from certain things that he needed him to avoid. Sometimes he would see himself in the dream running away from something. And to him, it represented him running away from a certain issue or something that God is asking him to do instead of facing it like the lesson was calling for. Um, And he would also find revelation through the word just by reading a certain scripture. Something would stick out to him and would confirm 
the thing that he needed to get confirmation on. Um, and that happens to me a lot as well, that when I'm reading a specific scripture or listening to a certain song, I feel like God is literally speaking to my situation. I, I don't know how many times you've been and you've heard your minister, or your pastor preach to you or get provide a sermon. And that very lesson is very prevalent to what you are specifically going through in your life. And I noticed that a lot when there are times when I'm going to be honest, I struggle to go to church on the Sundays. Like I love going to church because I enjoy singing, but there are times when that week might've been so hard and I'm just like, God, I just want to stay in the bed and sleep in. And he would nudge me and I have like this press to go. And so I press my way to church. And when I sit there, it seems like that entire, from the time that the praise team gets up to the time that the pastor gets up, that the entire service was specific for me. And then I feel like it's confirmation that I was at the right place at the right time. And God needed me to be there because he had something for me. Um, I can't tell you how many times. So there are many ways that you can receive um, the voice of God that isn't just him calling out your name like he did Samuel. Another thing that my husband had mentioned to me was that there are times when your conscience represents that small voice that we talked about in the last episode that essentially is God nudging you. It's like the conscience of righteousness um, telling you that this is the direction, this is the path, um, guiding you and steering you and helping you navigate through those detours in life. And I learned to take heed to all of those those um, ways that God speaks to me, because when I see it come to pass, I'm like, okay, God, I see now I need to take heed to what you're saying, because either you're warning me, you're giving me some foreshadowing, or you're showing me my purpose. And we talked about position to purpose as our very first episode. But a lot of times your purpose is sitting right in front of you and um, you don't pay attention to that because you are so distracted by all of those things that are in front of you. But oftentimes the thing that you love, the thing that is calling you to do more in Christ is right there in front of you. There's a verse that my husband presented to me about visions and dreams. And it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And that's in Joel 2, 28 King James Version. So it says in his word, and like I was mentioning in all the other episodes that God's promises and the things that he's going to bring into fruitation in our lives are written in the word. And if you get in your word, you begin to see that the things that you are experiencing are just things that God already has planned for your life. Um, so that even says old man shall see dreams will dream dreams and young man shall see visions. I've had both, um, but it doesn't matter. God is going to reveal what he has in store for our lives and for your own specific life um, in that way as well. There have been times that I have received prophecies over my life and like Moses, I began to doubt myself. So I feel like God sends a person to erupt those thoughts and tells us that I'm going to do what I said I would do. The thing I love about Samuel was that he didn't know the calling over his life. He didn't realize that his mother had promised his entire life to serve the God that they served, right? He was just being obedient and following the instructions placed before him. But most importantly, his mother dedicated him to the Lord. And with sincerity in her heart, she prayed and it came to pass. Is there some idea or nudge you feel God pushing you towards kind of like that purpose? If so, 
I would say dedicate it back to God. See, when I started this nonprofit, it was something that I knew God had called me to do. But of course, like I said before, I, I doubted myself. I doubted my abilities. I wasn't, I wasn't certain that this was something that I really had the time for or really wanted to do. But I did start to do certain things like I got the incorporation, articles of incorporation, all those different things. But in the midst of that, I took time off. A few years ago, I was at a women's conference at my church and a woman was speaking to me at the church and she called me out specifically about this very business, the business that I had already had incorporated, but I hadn't taken it any further. And she told me a list of things that she said that the Lord had told her for me to do. And I got excited. I got rejuvenated in my business. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put this time into the business because I mean, this is confirmation. I knew that that God spoke to me, but now this woman who doesn't even know me is literally telling me everything that my business is about and everything that I need to do in order for God to use me the way he wants to use me. Right. So recently I decided to go to the next step of getting 501c3 certified because that was also something that she prophesied. She said that you need to get this certification. Of course, I waited two years later, but um, I went ahead and did it. I was in the position of um, completing the application with the woman that was assisting me with it. And she said that I had to decide how to list my organization. See, there's options. You can list it as educational, charitable, religious, and a a lot of variances um, and a lot of options that you can list your organization. And so she said, you can list it just as charitable and educational because it's kind of what you are, or you can add charitable and religious um, organizations since you do talk about God. And she said, just to let you know, sometimes there are, you know, grants out there that are specific and they say not for a faith-based organization or something like that. And so I had a hard decision um, making that decision, not that she was steering me one way or another, because I know from our conversation, she's a believer as well. So she wasn't telling me that it's wrong to do that. She was just giving me the option and presenting the information to me um, to let me know what was going on. So I had to make a decision and instantly I just heard God's voice or I felt like I felt him nudging me and saying, I gave you this vision. You should give it back to me or dedicate it back to me. So I decided to dedicate my business back to God because he gave it to me and I put religious on it. I now, and I talk about Christ and everything because I'm going to be honest, when I first started it, you know, a lot of times we want to start a business and want to ensure that it's mainstream, that it touches all kinds of people because you feel like that'll give you more people that you can reach and and more opportunities than if you were to specify it as a Christian or religious or spiritual organization. But the thing with me is that I believe God to take care of his people. If you do his work, the word does tell us that our gifts will make room for us. That's what the word says. So if he gave me this gift, who am I to say that I'm not going to give it back to him, that I'm not going to use it for his glory? And plus, when I was trying to write lesson plans and different things that I was going to do without with taking God out of it and just telling my story without God included and just make it mainstream, I realized that it wasn't real. It, I wasn't telling the truth because when I took him out of the equation, there was no me. You know, although my name is Erica, without God, I'm not I have not reached my full potential. I wasn't my full self. 
And so I put him back into it because every step that I take in my life and every moment that I overcame, any adversity that I faced, it was all through God that I made it through. It was through prayer. It was through constant um, obedience in church and different things like that that helped me go to the next level. So who am I to take him out of it, right? But I, I am a firm believer that when he calls you to something and when he gives you something, he will take care of you and he will never leave you. The song, You Know My Name by Tasha Cobbs is something that I absolutely thought of when I was thinking of this episode. Because if you have not heard that song, I do highly recommend you listen to it right after you listen to this episode because it ties into so much of this. But the lyrics, just a few lyrics that I wanted to point out, it says, You Know My Name. Oh, how you walk with me. Oh, how you talk with me. Oh, how you tell me that I am your own. I want to remind you that you are his own. He knows your name. He will walk the path before you and he will walk it again with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to stand right by your side, hold your hand as you go through this journey in life. So I challenge you to take the time to just be still and look for that voice See if you see any signs, any visions or dreams that shows you that you know without a doubt is truly God. And if you see that confirmation in some other way, because when you read your word, if God spoke something to you and then you open your Bible and then the scripture that you're reading or you talk to someone and they confirm that, then you know it came from God. Because sometimes you do need confirmation in more than one way. So you just don't so you don't think that it's just your own thought coming up with that, that it's truly God sending you to do that activity. So again, I will pose the question again. What will you do when you are called? Will you accept his call? So before I leave, as always, I'm going to pray and close this out with a prayer. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and realizing that God is calling our names daily. God, once again, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for knowing our name. In those moments when you call our name, give us the boldness to rise up to the occasion. Let us just be willing vessels to be used by you. Help us walk in courage, for we know you will walk the path alongside us. Get our hearts ready to receive you. We dedicate our lives to you, our purposes to you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode. And as always, a new episode is released every Saturday. Until we meet again, what would you do? Will you accept the call?